It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, November 1st, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is really not sure what's going on in Lehigh Valley, but we're going to dig into it today. We will. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello once again. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where we post about our latest episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail. We've got a weekly mailbag, so send in your questions via Twitter, email, or you can comment over on YouTube. On today's show, we are going to talk about the latest Flyers news, including an update on Cam York. Uh, We'll preview tonight's matchup, uh, first of a back-to-back against the New York Rangers. Plus, we'll get to those Lehigh Valley Phantoms and try and see what we can figure out about the team. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe, you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. Russ, we did learn via Brent Flair that Cam York is day-to-day with a lower body injury. Uh, He was hurt in Sunday's game at Hershey. Like I said on yesterday's show, it was kind of hard to tell what happened. So I'm guessing that's just a placeholder until they have more information about the injury and can be more accurate. But it's not good news for him in terms of getting you know, the playing time to maybe make a run at, at getting called up. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I actually was working on an article about that and it actually happened right after I finished that article. So I put that article on hold for now because he was doing really well. And, you know, I think there will be a point where they should call him up. So now this does muddy it up a little bit and then we have to see a prognosis and, And everything else, my worry is that we don't get a prognosis and the day to day just kind of sits out there because it's sat out there for other players uh, with the Flyers. And then all of a sudden you get another update and it's worse. So I I don't know how to feel. Yeah. Like I said, I think this is just a, a placeholder. And so we'll see what else comes out about it. And as we discussed the Phantoms, obviously they don't have games again until next weekend. So a little bit of time to sort that out. But stay tuned on that front. Uh, As far as news on the Flyers side of things, uh, Tortorella had some media availability yesterday. He was asked specifically about Kiefer Bellows' play, and he said that as of that moment, he still needed to review the tape on an individual level. You know, obviously teams pull individual tape on the different players so that you can focus on their play. Uh, and so didn't have an update on that, but just from big picture wise said that he liked what he saw overall, didn't make big mistakes, had one good scoring chance. Uh, interestingly said he liked his play away from the puck because that's something that has been a weakness for Keeper mm-hmm. Bellows, mm-hmm. but again, still needs to review the tape. 
Yeah, I mean, this game was a couple days ago. Like, when is he going to actually watch the tape? Like, I just don't like when coaches put off the media by saying that, and that's what he's doing. And But I saw enough of the game by being there. I know uh, sometimes you're looking at other things and doing other things on the bench. I get that. But I think what he said is accurate, and I think he's, you know, worthy of getting more ice time. I didn't see any problems out there defensively. I saw, you know, a little bit of physicality. Like he said, the one scoring chance was good. That's all you could hope for, for a new guy that you just throw in the lineup. Yeah. And speaking of new guys, uh, he also talked about Sedlak as well and that how seamlessly he's been able to Mm. integrate. And and that's what's led to some of his better play, which he has uh, to some degree. I think, you know, in his limited minutes, he's played okay, uh, but he was kind of plug and play since he knew the staff coming into it. Um, Again, I, I wouldn't give him more minutes than fourth line, but I think you know, he's doing an okay job and he's skating well. Sure. Uh, it's a it's a limited si- sample size and they need him more than Colorado does. I get it. Would I still want him to play uh, instead of Tanner Lisinski? No. Would I still want him to play instead of Wade Allison? No. So that part of it is interesting because at practice yesterday, Lisinski was kind of rotating in for Sedlak and Delorier in the in the line rushes during drills and i think that's partially because lazinski was away with the new baby but at the same time i certainly hope lazinski gets a shot in at least one of these two games in the back-to-back yeah i do too but this is also the coach's way of saying like i got four fourth fourth liners in my mind what do i do with them like that's i just i I don't like it because for one thing i don't know why allison's on the fourth line this is a whole like creation of of John Tortorella now because even though Wade Allison is chipping in offensively, which he asked his guys to do, he's not doing X, Y, and Z. You know, he's not thinking quick enough. He's there's still, you know, turnover issues and whatever. Like there's a point, I feel, where this coach has to find a happy medium with the people that he has, because there's only going to be so many call-ups and and changes you can make. And Maybe that standard's going to have to, you know, weaken a little bit so that you can get production out of a guy like Allison, who I thought has played really well. Yeah, I think he maybe deserves to move up a little bit, but Tort seems to be attached to this fourth line and what they're doing currently and doesn't want to break that up. We'll see if it pans out. You know, obviously he didn't give a clue as to what his game lines are going to be other than these practice lines. But, you know, he seems to be insistent on keeping this fourth line together, but I think Allison is better than this fourth line. Yeah, I do too. And that's why I'm surprised he was practicing that way. Yeah. On the defensive side of things, Zamula is now the extra in, in terms of the pairings and Tortorella said that, Zamula might have to sit a few games to watch and learn, which is always of concern to me. That is not helpful for a guy like Zamula. Zamula needs to play. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, this is a function of, you know, a guy like Sealer, the coach really loving Nick Sealer. Okay. But Zamula is your future. I get now, if you're really going to teach Zamula something, that's great. But what are the odds that, while Zamula is watching in the press box, and I do think there's something to gain from that, uh, that he is going to go over with Zamula or one of the coaches is going to go over and ask him what he saw and what he thinks about his game. You know, if they're going to do that, then I'm all for it. But I'm very skeptical if they'll do that. 
Yeah, if he does sit, I think it's very important to ask Zamula in follow up, you know, what the plan is on from his perspective in terms right. of what he's learning by sitting in, in the press box. I think that's absolutely fair to ask him that. So uh, hopefully we can do that moving forward. But it seems like Zamula will sit for at least one of the two games, if not yeah. both. And, and again, what is he not doing right? From my perspective, I don't know. I mean, I He's think they're using player. him in the, mm-hmm, they're using him in no, the right situations. Yeah. He has no penalty minutes, which I think is a really good thing for a young player. And he's got two points in seven games. Like, I just, I don't know what he's doing wrong. I think he's doing all the right things and, and deserves to to be in there. I just think Torts has Nick Sealer as a shiny object and the reliability of Braun uh, from the defensive side of things makes it hard to take him out of the lineup as yeah, well. Yeah, because Nick Sealer so, is a minus. He has two points as well in eight games, but he has seven penalty minutes, and one of those is a fight, and he likes the fight. I think that's the edge over Zamula right now. I hate to say it, but... Yeah, that could be. Uh, wanting to end this segment on a positive note, in addition to Tanner Zinski becoming a dad, Travis Sanheim is now engaged. So oh, good for congratulations him. to him. Uh, wish him and his fiance all the happiness in the world. He's such an easygoing guy. Like when you talk to him and a genuine guy that, yeah, I think that's, I'm happy, very happy for him. Yeah, they got some uh, stick taps in practice for both the baby and for Travis. So, so that was good to see. Uh, I will say we have a Rangers game to talk about coming up next, as well as we'll get into what's going on in Lehigh Valley. But first, we're going to hear about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters, and that's why I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with the latest in security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who will have your back. Simply Safe's advanced technology is what I love the most. I can control the system from my phone with the app and even watch an HD stream from the security cameras or monitor the uh, wide variety of high-tech sensors in every room. There are even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats from your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes as simplysafe.com locked on NHL save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This season is in full swing, and so is Locked On's game-to-game NHL. You get every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On game-to-game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. So follow game-to-game on the Locked On NHL channel. It's available on the Odyssey app and YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So the Flyers face the New York Rangers this evening, and the Rangers are a little bit of a mixed bag, but have kind of gotten back on the horse on the last couple of games. They are 5-3-2. Most recently, they won versus the Coyotes in Mullet Arena in Arizona. And before that, they beat a very good Dallas Stars team, 6-3. to three. Oh. Uh, pre- Previous to that, they were on a bit of a skid, lost to the Isles, 3 to nothing, and in a shootout to the Avalanche. So 
I think they'll be coming into this game pretty confident after getting kind of back on the right track. Yeah, Igor Shostarkin seems to um, to have it back under control. Uh, maybe he wasn't playing his best. The um, Interesting enough, Ryan, Ryan Reeves spoke out about Mullet Arena and didn't like the uh, locker room situation. He uh, used the word poo-poo and said it was cold. Um, so if Ryan Reeves, they did like the atmosphere though, that it was a really raucous crowd and there were a lot of Rangers. Yeah. And so, yeah, but I'm just saying that that part was funny. Uh, I expect to see Ryan Reeves in the lineup against Philly because of the threat of the flyers fighting. If you're on Philly, do you really want to fight Ryan Reeves? Is that where, you know, it's like somebody's going to do it because, you know, inevitably they want to impress the coach. So I fully expect to see Reeves in action. And that happened. Uh, they will say, about the Rangers, um, Alexi Lafreniere is playing a lot better. So now uh, their first two lines are really uh, a big threat. And and that's that's a big deal. Uh, Mika Zibanejad's been really struggling five on five. So you kind of wonder how long that's going to last. I don't think it's going to last that long because, you know, I looked up like expected goals for the Rangers and they're still fifth in the league. So they're generating. Yeah. And Aaron's playing great. Like he's up among the leading scorers in the league. Right. So. Yeah, he's got 16 points so yeah. far, which is pretty darn good. Yeah, he he's creating. Um, so that's something where the Flyers are going to have to look out for that because he will create from the outside too. So if the Flyers want to play that game like, hey, we'll keep it to the outside, if you're keeping Panarin to the outside and he's got a little room, he's still super dangerous. Um, I do think on the, on the blue line, you know, they're going to have to deal with the physicality of Jacob Truba. That's something where, you know, the forwards will have to look out for. And someone like Ke'Andre Miller could really give the Flyers trouble because I know you don't want to hear that because you, know, you have issues still about Ke'Andre Miller. Um, yes, from I the do. Draft. But <laughs> he is that kind of player that um, skates really well, but can be physical and can dangle a little from the blue line. And I do think that's that's hard to uh, to deal with, too. Yeah, for sure. And I think with that first line that you mentioned, that's where like the combination of Zabinajad and Chris Kreider is yeah. so dangerous because if they're focused on Zabinajad, Kreider is going to bite you. I mean, that's just how it works with that line. No, it's true. And Kreider really um, is just starting to pick up some steam. So, mm-hmm. so that is something to watch out for. And you always have to worry about Adam Fox because he's just super smart. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, People were wondering, was that Trocek move a good move? Uh, he's got nine points in 10 games, and he plays on the power play. So he's got four goals. So he has been a really good addition, too. So this is a, a game where the Flyers really should not put the Rangers on the power play. I know their PK is good, but you don't really want to test it. This is going to test the Flyers five on five, and it's really going to test their bottom pairs. on def- You know, their two other pairs, not the top pairing, but the other two, because they're going to match up against a lot of the Rangers' top lines being on the road. And that's something where you can't really hide from that. You cannot. So yeah, the Flyers are really going to have to try and keep up with this Rangers team and drive them to the outside as much as possible. They're going to have to be really, really smart about coverage and not leaving guys open at five on five, because I think that's going to be the problem really that the Rangers are going to get their scoring opportunities. If the Flyers lose coverage defensively, which is something they are prone to do with against a team like the Rangers. Yeah. And the center battle is something where that could be a tough one. Um, 
for the Flyers to win with the top two lines too. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on those face-offs tonight as well. All right, moving over to Lehigh Valley. Man, it was a rough weekend. It felt a lot like last season for Lehigh Valley. Uh, first off, Pat Nagel was sent down to Reading because they pretty much locked in Grosnick and Urson as the two goaltenders. I- I'm sure he knew that was going to happen. Them. Yeah, yeah, which is like unfortunate, but uh, I think that it's probably the right move for now. If it is. if those if Grosnick and Urson have call up possibility, but uh, they did lose all three games this weekend: Friday Oof. to Wilkes-Barre, Scranton; Saturday to Bridgeport, and Sunday to Hershey. They're in last place in the division so far, which is not a good start for this team and. I think the biggest problem for me overall is is lack of structure. They just, you know, they just don't really have it together to play consistently throughout a game and other teams just really take advantage of it. And in some ways, it's just really not the fault of the goaltenders, though. You know, each of them, I think, have had some that they would want to get back this weekend. It's just really, I think, a team structure and system problem. Yeah, the division's really good, so getting off to a start like this was not a great idea. Uh, The things that stand out for me are only 17 goals for. They're the second-worst scoring team in the division and 107 penalty minutes. It's just too many. Yeah, that's, I think, the biggest problem other than the structure of the team to me is the lack of discipline and those penalties and the penalty kill is atrocious to add insult to injury there. On Saturday... The Phantoms penalty kill was 0 for 4. 0 for 4. So Bridgeport scored four power play goals in that game. And that was honestly the difference. I mean, if you watched that game, the first period, they were fine. And then as soon as they just started going to the box a lot, Bridgeport just ran away with that game. It wasn't anything they were doing wrong necessarily in their play at five on five. No, I mean, and you know, look, Belpedio is like a quadruple A guy who's had NHL experience. Connaughton was an NHLer, uh, so you can't say it's all because of the young guys. And they have size, and I felt like Adderts played well, and I could talk about him later in the broadcast. But uh, they need listen. I think this is coaching again. I think we're coming back to that. I. I ask around a lot, and I can't find a lot of good things being said about Ian LaPerrier, unfortunately. And so he's going to be, have to be the one to prove it to everybody. And it looked good early, and now it's like spiraled a little bit. So this is where they're in a tough spot now because especially, let's say York's going to miss a couple of games. This is You're going to have to tighten it up. Yeah, you absolutely will. And it was such a shame because Cam York got his first goal of the season on Saturday, along with Wyatt Wiley in that game. But Phantoms got way outshot two of the three games this weekend, uh, 35 to 23 on Friday, 34 to 23 on Sunday. And that's just not going to cut it. I think in terms of being able to create scoring opportunities. And that's really the problem. They, they need to figure out a way to get their offense going that's set up and to make planned and designed plays that work for them. Because those are the kinds of things that these guys need to learn and perfect in order to translate their game to the NHL level. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I think um, it almost seems like they're going to have to have the blue line create the spark for the forwards. And and maybe that would be a good thing here. Uh, Wiley could certainly help with that. Is there a reason he didn't play Sunday? You know, I'm not sure what okay. that what that was, but um, they I will say there were some bright spots, which we will talk about. Okay, talk I mean, because his offense has players. been better lately, especially second half of last year. So you know, if York is out, it would seem like he could pick it up for them. So that's that's that that's what I would look at. Um, yeah, well, we're going to look at some individual player performances and, and next steps for them coming up next. But again, want to end the segment on a high note. So congratulations to Bob Rochuk, who calls Phantoms games. It was his thousandth hockey game he called on Saturday and it was his birthday. It was a ton of fun seeing the little tribute to him on the screen that they did. And he's been a guest on the show as well. So thanks to him for that. And uh, we'll talk about those individual players next. Okay, Russ, so we've talked about Cam York and, and the injury, but there were definitely some other guys. Uh, I do want you to get into what your takeaways from Ronnie Adderd have been. Yeah, my takeaways for Ronnie Adderd, I, I feel like uh, he's closer to the NHL now than he was before. I was watching him and watching different games and you know there's times he can get behind the defense a little bit to add some extra offense but what i noticed most is his um his stick work has gotten a lot better so like even if he's not getting to the spot first in the corner because he does lose some of those uh foot races he is learning how to use his reach and and getting the puck out of there that way and i feel like that's been a big thing the pace of the nhl uh, the ahl rather is not a problem like that's He's, he's, he looks good doing that, but I do feel like the stick work and I feel like the um, just the overall defensive awareness has has increased. Offense is fine. Look, he's on the power play. He, he's got a great shot. The, the release on his shot is certainly faster now than it's ever been because he's kind of just throwing up a wrist shot really quick and getting it on net, and that's a really good idea at any level. So I, I look at him and I say, you know, he's got like seven or eight games in now. I feel like at 25, they should really look at him and, and evaluate and see if he's ready to come up. And if he's not ready to come up at 25, then maybe at 50. But, you know, that is where uh, in time, and again, John Tortorella is not against this. In time, if Ronnie Adder's ready, then guess what? I put him up. I would have Justin Braun play the uh, the left side. Have had her play the right side on that third pair and, you know, and start letting him develop. That's what I would do because I, I still look at Nick Sealer as a placeholder. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good option. And I agree with you there. I thought he had a, a pretty solid game on Friday. I was I think that was the most impressive to me of the three over the weekend. I, I just thought defensively he was really strong and made a, a couple of key plays there. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, at what point it makes sense to really permanently move him up, like you're saying. And, and I like that strategy. Another defenseman I want to talk about is Adam Yinning. I think he really is starting to come into his own at the AHL level here. His hockey IQ is really good. Like he's making yeah. really good decisions in terms of when he steps up offensively, he's taking shots. 
uh, pretty effectively trying to create rebounds, um, had a couple of really good plays on Saturday. And that's the most impressive thing about him to me is is his decision making. Yeah, he was like that invisible uh, prospect that I would have to keep talking about to keep up in everybody's mind because some fans were like, well, why are we even signing this guy? Well, this is why. Because he has a physical game. He's been playing overseas against men for like at least three years, maybe four. And he's developed there. And I had more than a few conversations with Shell Samuelson about him. Also was able to watch tape. And look, he he is good. He is smart. He knows when to pinch. He, he is like having an AHL veteran already. So Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, so that's, you know, the key now, I think for, you know, him to get a call up to the Flyers, I'm not sure it's going to happen this year for him unless it's an emergency basis. But if he gets in a full year in the AHL like this, I think there's a chance that uh, he could impress, you know, the coaching camp next year. And that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not against that. The only reason I, I think Adderd is closer because a, the flyers could use the offense and B he's 23. Uh, so he's, he's at a pretty good age. Yinning, I think is probably what 22, 23 also. Um, but hasn't really played in North America. So that's, you really want to make sure he's got all that down and so far so good. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, on the forward side of things, again, it was a rough weekend, so not too many guys stood out. Uh, I will say Tyson Forrester had a good game on Saturday, five shots on goal, goal and an assist in that one. But I think where we are with him right now is we need consistent play from him, game in and game out. And we just need more of that in a stretch before you would say, yeah, maybe he's somebody you would consider. Yeah, he needs to have goals in like seven of eight games. He needs to mm-hmm. really be cranking it to that level for him to to get a sniff, quite frankly. I, I don't think it's going to happen before that. But do I think he's developing? Sure, I do. Yeah. Uh, but again, he's got a little more pressure on him than some of the others. That's really where the consistency comes in. And he's got to get on the board and just really look like he has his complete game going on a little bit of a higher level. But he is making progress and does have really good moments on the ice. So uh, he does deserve some credit. And I, I think he's working really hard. Elliot Denoyer, an assist on Saturday with two shots. I think Ali Lixel still looks pretty solid in play overall, especially away from the puck. But again, right now there just isn't room for him. So I just hope he can continue to to stay to that level and maybe up the scoring a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as Denoyer first, I think, you know, we, we pretty much said it'll be a year-long uh, run for him in the AHL and five points in seven games is really good. And he's a plus three, which is really good, too. So those things uh, make me happy as far as what he's doing. And as far as Lixel, yeah, if he can add a little more offense, because his overall game is pretty strong, he could be an emergency call-up guy when there is you know, that tight injury where you need a guy for a couple games, two or three games. And I hope that does come around for him again, because I just feel like he's really close to that. Yeah, and as far as goaltending goes, I think Urson and Grosinik, again, really played okay considering what was in front of them but both I think made some mistakes that they did come back from and I'm really looking forward to them splitting this weekend's games to see if they can just put together a full 60 minute game from each of them Uh, on Friday they'll be at Belleville and Saturday at Laval this is their Canadian road trip (laughs) that they're they're doing for the early season and uh, I think 
the goaltending is going to have to step it up if the team in front of them doesn't have that structure that I was talking about. Yeah, I just kind of feel bad in a sense for Urson because he had a really good showing up with the Flyers he mm-hmm. um, in camp and in preseason, and, and now he's winless. And, you know, that's not his fault. I mean, the team is definitely no. sagging, and that's tough. That's tough. That's got to be tough on him mentally because, you know, Grosnick at least has a couple wins. But uh, the telling stat for both of them is the goals against average. And that's they're both yep. too high. And that I think that's a function of the team. Yep, it absolutely is. And they're both below 900 on save percentage. And that that needs to go up. But again, but you're right. It has to do with the team. Uh, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, Ronnie Adderd uh, did a little trick-or-treat with a Phantoms fan that was quite adorable. There was somebody dressed in a Halloween costume exchanging candy for pucks. So which candy would you trade for a puck or a stick? Like, let's see. I'm uh, she was it. trading M&M's. M- so. Yeah, it was like M&M's or Reese's. No, it's Reese's. It looks like Reese's peanut butter cups that he took for the stick. I yeah. gotta tell you, I think Adder or the got puck the, in this one, yeah. Yeah, I think Adder got the best of that deal. I would never give up the Reese's. <laughs> Just saying. All right. That'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We're gonna recap the game against the Rangers. We're gonna preview the game against the Leafs. Plus, we'll get to your mailbag questions. So lots to talk about tomorrow as well. You can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers or email us at Locked on Flyers at Gmail. Comment over on YouTube to get your questions in. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked on Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.